Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Cheap Seats, your favorite podcast for frank, unapologetic, and shamelessly opinionated Washington National News outside the press box, the dugout, and the very informative stadium urinals. My name is Thad Helsley, and I'm here with future president of the MLB Umpires Association, my co-host, Cassia. Hello. We are also joined by our brilliant AI co-host, Bernice. You're hilarious, Mr. Halkley. So much to talk about this week, Cassia. We had the Nats trade deadline choices. Um, the end of the Nats 300-plus winning streak came to a... Uh, came to a very disastrous end. Uh, we've got violence in baseball and an update on the protective nets. Isn't that jam-packed? Yes, I'm I'm really excited to talk about the protective nets. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So am I. So, let's get started. Since our last podcast, which was uh, about a week ago, after a decisive winning start, the Nats blow the three-game series with Atlanta with back-to-back losses that should not have happened. They were close, and basically the bullpen fucked up. But then we move into Phoenix, and there's a surprise shutout by Joe Ross, which was really, really cool. Uh, they only got one hit, but then it was followed by a devastating 7-18 to loss against um, Phoenix, and that was with Strasburg pitching. So that was a uh, both a disappointment and a surprise. So having lost six of their last nine games and their streak clearly over, they're back in third place again and seven games back in the division behind both the Mets and Atlanta, which is in the lead. And you can just forget the wild card slot for the moment. So Cassia... <laughs> What are our prospects in the remaining 52 games? I feel like you ask me that question every podcast. I do. Like, how are we faring with the assumption that we're somehow a World Series contender, contending team? Well, no, the last time the tenor was, oh, look how well we've done in the last seven weeks. And look sure, how far sure. We've okay. It was the flip side of the same coin, though. Exactly. Yeah, this is a pretty bad flip side. But so I, I just think that I've never, I have no belief in this team as a World Series team. I do not care at all about the World Series. If the Nationals never go to the World Series, um, I would have no problem with it. I will lose no sleep at night. I wouldn't shed a tear over it. I th- I just I think it's f- the whole thing's fun. So I I've never from the beginning of this podcast and from the beginning of my paying attention to this team, I never cared about um you know, the big competitions. I just kind of want the good decisions to be made. I want to see good games. I want to feel something for the players. I want to feel like the manager is putting the team is has a uh, that's a retarded sentence. <laughs> I want to feel like the team is in good hands and that the manager is a capable person or at least has some kind of like redeeming qualities. Um, I, this is not how I feel about the team. And my so my problems with the team have nothing to do with the fact that they are like losing or because they're not going to do anything in the foreseeable future that people get excited that are pe- that is going to make um, writers of Sports Illustrated think that they're cool or important or whatever. I don't care about that. 
But surely... The- but my, pro- my problem is that Davey effing sucks, that these pitchers that are supposed to be amazing are not... With the myth of the athletic greatness in general, with um, certain things about American sports culture, um, I just have a lot of issues. With the management situation that's unique to our team, those are the things that make me mad. Not that they're not going to the World Series. What do you mean? What do you mean uh, our unique management situation? I mean the Lerner family. Okay. And just the fact that we all have to live under their thumb. Well, doesn't every every single team is owned by either a crazy billionaire or a fan? I mean, none of them are owned by like IBM or Exxon or something like I that. I know, I know. But specifically, like the Lerner family and their their weird commitment to like firing a manager after two years if they don't go to the World Series. Mm. Like things like that. They have all these just irrational demands mm-hmm. that are not adapting to new information. And it's just like, are you guys alive back there? Are you watching this? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into this a little bit. What is our next thing? Because um, we do talk about the trade deadline and their obsession with staying below the, um, it's colloquially called the luxury tax, but it's actually the um collective bargaining something something and because if they go into another year they'll be paying 50 cents on every dollar over the threshold and i mean we're not a giant team we're you know this isn't new york or chicago or la or san Mm -hmm. francisco i mean this is a medium-sized market and we've already got the fourth or fifth payroll so they're crazy what they're saying to mike i'm sure is okay we gave you a way above average payroll you should be able to get us into the playoffs and you're here you're asking us to to last year the only two teams that paid the luxury tax were the red sox and us and guess what happened to the red sox they won the world series guess what happened to us we barely got 500 so that's what they're saying they're saying look i got we need some payback not pay the luxury tax not last year they they did go a very Many years they do. They actually win a 17-year stretch. But again, when you're in the New York market and you've doesn't got matter, 20 yeah. million people coming to your damn games, I mean, right. we only have like 5 million people in this whole there metro aren't, area. There aren't enough people. No, yeah, no. We just barely support a team. Remember, we didn't have one for 32 years. I don't. I mean, it's kind of a more money, more problem situation, maybe, that they're just drowning in money and they don't know what the fuck they're doing with it. They have too much money and they don't deserve it. Are you who you're talking about? The learners or the players? The the front office. Oh, okay. You're saying Mike Rizzo, Riz, Rizzo and his and his and, and his, his mob. Cro- his yeah, his people. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say cronies. <laughs> his the the Rizzo mafia. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they didn't. They were on the cheap for a long time until 2012. You know, because that, and then that's when they brought in people like. Uh, uh, Jason Worth, and they got, uh, they were so bad, they got all these great starters like Bryce Harper, or great draft picks, Bryce Harper right. and Steven Strasburg, and they built a team around that, and they started... Or have they? Well, they got into the playoffs. They went from the worst team in the entire Woo! league. It meant something to them. But it hasn't resulted in anything. It was a sort of false... Playoff. Well, getting into the playoffs Victory. itself, especially, and you 
remember very little about when the Nats first got here in 2005, even though I would occasionally take you to games. I mean, to, to know that you've got the worst team on the whole planet. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, why should I even go a game? Well, because I just want to see some baseball, even if I know I'm going to lose, you know, a million to three or something. But so it was excited, exciting when all of a sudden we start going to the playoffs and we start actually having good players that you could root for. And it wasn't just a novelty or rooting I, I know, for the I know, other I know, team. But you can root for a team without necessarily going to the playoffs because maybe another team is just doing amazing. And so you're not going to go that year. Well, and you lose the wild card spot. You know, I mean, it's just whatever. You may there you we can't root for this team cuz like I mean, I don't feel like well, I can. I'm rooting for this team. I don't feel connected to the to the manager is so fucked up. The 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 bullpen is such is poorly managed. Well, okay, let's bad. talk about the bullpen because that's what the trade trades that happened this week uh primarily affected. affected. So, can we move on to that? I just would love to. Okay. But before we talk about the trade deadline, I want Bernice to uh, describe for us, for those of us who are uninformed, including uh, your your two co-hosts here, what exactly is the trade deadline? The trade deadline, which almost always falls at 4 p.m. ET on July 31st, is the last point during the regular season at which players can be traded from one club to another. Prior to 2019, July 31st was referred to as the non-waiver trade deadline, and players could be traded after that date if they first cleared revocable trade waivers. As of 2019, the July 31st trade deadline is the only trade deadline. Thank you, Bernice, for that. Um, so these are the results. So we've got um, three relievers, two that I had not heard of before, but they had pretty good records. And then we had one person that many, many Washington fans have heard of. And his name, Cassia, is... Hunter Strickland. That's right. And what is his claim to fame? Um. Well, to me, his claim to fame is that he gets into fights with Bryce Harper. <laughs> I mean, they, I know, I know that he has a sort of MLB bad boy reputation generally. He, yeah, he is sort of a he is a bad boy. He's cranky and he's uh, he's always getting into trouble. But and he's then that's why the guy, he's picking fights. He's the, hopefully he's the guy in the Bad News Bears that like drives a motorcycle. No, so he is the bad boy, and they had that very. Let's go ahead and play this uh, this wonderful little clip from Memorial Day. In 2017. Done a great job. And Hunter Strickland now. Here we go. Harper's charging the mound. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Well, Harper who hit two home runs. Okay, and there you see it. So uh, I love that you said (laughs) it was on Memorial Day. It was Memorial Day. I know, I know, but just like, yeah, actually Memorial Day was invented to memorialize that incident. (laughs) Maybe it was. That is what Maybe Memorial we had is. World War II just that's for what, Bryce Harper and Hunter Strickland to have for. a big fight. But anyways, and they both got suspended after that. Um, <laughs> but but it looks like to me when I watched the video that Bryce got a lot more hits off than, than he did. So, uh, but anyway, so that would be... One did of, he? I thought people were saying that he didn't land anything. Well, you we can look at the video again and scrutinize it frame by okay. frame if you want. Was that the only time they ever... 
Because I know that they hit, he hit him. It, yeah, it all started. There have been three or four. In, in a playoff four. round when he was with the Giants, and he was with the Giants in 2017 well, as well. Well, you know what? Bryce Harper will never be in another playoff round, so it's really not an issue. Well, anymore. we'll see. 13 years is a Neither long time. Neither will Hunter Strickland. Well, I. With, with us. Who, who do you think is in second place right now? Remember what I said earlier? We fell to third place. The Phillies are back in two. Okay. We've only got 52 games to Rock go. on. <laughs> Best of luck. Best. <laughs> he seemed a very unlikely choice because after that fight, there was a, a lot of animosity uh, with him. And I'm not sure they ever faced one another again, but certainly there were such things as We Hate Hunter and stuff like that, T-shirts floating around. So when they picked him up, all of a sudden, though, because everybody seems to hate Bryce hate him more now all is forgiven with hunter so it did, did seem like a curious choice and it might well, be kind of fun when they because they because like a week from now they'll play each other and he'll be he's going to be either a reliever like he was the other night and he was good he closed out the inning uh or it'll be a closer which is what he was doing before so i mean he is pretty good he'll be a closer he could be I mean, he won't be the lead closer like Doolittle. He'll be like back giving Doolittle a day off. It'll be him and Rod. Well, we haven't, I mean, we haven't needed to use a closer. (laughs) You have to win games (laughs) or be winning games. (laughs) Rodney was doing pretty good. Okay. Backing up Doolittle or being the eighth, the setup guy in the eighth inning. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely seems like a curious choice. Seems like a kind of um, reality TV show choice. It's like, oh, remember that guy? We're bringing him back. That's right. We're bringing it's, back Charlie Sheen. It feels Sheen. very much like Mike Rizzo is like Andy Cohen or something. And he's like bringing in the, the, the villain from the TV show. And he's returning to give, you know, to like throw some red meat at the crowd. That's what it feels like. I don't know if there were other options and, and they went with Hunter um, because of this well, Bryce Harper animosity thing, and it's good for ratings, and it's good for people coming to games. Like, I, people will probably go to the Phillies games to see that matchup. You're probably right about that. I'm not sure if that was his motivation. I think going back to what our, the topic of this but conversation... But it wasn't absent from his decision-making. It, it may not have been. It's just he, because he had to stay below that threshold, he only had... Apparently, he had a lot of other deals in the works, but they were all so much more expensive and he couldn't get the learners to budge. And so he only had a few million books to work with. And the thing was, Hunter, even Aww. though he's good. <laughs> Pobrecito Mike. <laughs> he, even though he's good, he had an injury earlier in the year. So he literally, this whole year, he's only played three games. And so that's why the Mariners cut him. We're willing to get, give him up. Right. Of course, one of his injuries was because he slammed his hand into a concrete wall and broke some bones. That's like a Papel Vaughn thing. That's a uh, was it Pap or somebody else? I don't know. The guy that broke his own finger. Yeah, out by, of by frustration, smashing his locker. Look, have we all? I, I'm not a pitcher, and I've never physically broken a bone because of my own frustration. But everyone has. <laughs> you you fell off a slide or a playground. Figuratively, set. I thought you're the one that. that I went fell off the slide. slide, but you fell off some kind of a. Uh, oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. I know. I have broken an arm. I'm yeah. saying I've never broken a bone as a result of self inflicted. Okay, that's true. That was a self inflicted thing, but deliberately self inflicted. Figuratively self inflicted a wound yeah. upon themselves out of anger. That is pretty stupid. 
I mean, it was That's like, hilarious. okay, here's a chainsaw. Why don't you just cut off your leg? <laughs> okay, one thing I wanted to bring up was the way you were wording it. Mike had to stay under the luxury tax yes. amount. You're, the way you word that makes it sound like you're like, come on, the learner should have given him more money. Is that how you feel? Well, that was our discussion before. I, they're already spending one of the largest payrolls um, in the whole league for a smaller market. Does it really make sense to them? I mean, because if, if your payroll is $200 million a year, you're a billionaire and you're like, wow, that's great. I'm a billionaire. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm giving 20% of my income to a team that's losing and oh wait i'm also in the 38 percent tax bracket how much is i'm starting to get down to the <laughs> narrowing stuff down here yeah so i mean i know they make money on on admissions and hot dogs and beer and tv contracts well i'm not worried about the fucking learners making money i'm i don't i don't i'm not worried about that i'm i'm making a donation to the little matchstick girl learner family foundation you go ahead <laughs> you're gonna have to do that solo. i just know they're out there with panhandling on the on the median strip on lee highway exactly <laughs> um i don't think that they should be breaking the bank for some relievers when we don't even i mean max is fucking in a nursing home or something. Well, that's the other thing, Max. Like, what's the it, point? They just keep. They, Davey they, sucks. We're already this. We're past halfway point in the season. Oh my god, we've only got a, a less than a third to go. Um, Fifty-two games out of one sixty-two. Yeah, it's just not. It's we're in their place. There's yep. no reason to go above the amount. But the way you were wording it mm-hmm. made it seem like you were like because the learners won't let them. Well. You know, in everybody's fantasy, they wanted like a fourth Scherzer. You know, there's a few other pitchers well, out there. Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be great to just have a dream team and just sail like like it seemed like we did yeah, two years ago. That's not it seemed how like we goes. were sailing right into the World Series until it was Scherzer who blew game five against the Cubs, which there you and I were no, wa- watching. There is it. no sailing in baseball. <laughs> There's crying, though. You don't sail. There's crying. You don't sail. That's not how it works. <laughs> you got to have everything, and then you need to have a lot of luck. You do. And, and injuries, we don't have everything, ending. and we don't have luck. No. And we have Davey, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Boy, you were down in Davey. Why wouldn't I be? Poor old Davey. He's not poor. Poor Davey's dead. Poor Davey Marley's <laughs> dead. Okay, Strasburg folds like a like a like beach a chair. chair. <laughs> like, folds like, like a, a beach cherry, chair. like a cherry crumble. <laughs> and uh, they take him out in the fourth, and they try to put in a couple of their standard mediocre to bad relievers, and they just keep losing more and more runs until it gets to the point of ridiculousness. And Davey yes. decides not to use any more of the good relievers like Doolittle or uh, Rodney or anything. And instead, he asked for volunteers for position players to go out on the mound. And who should he select to be the first position player to pitch but Gerardo Parra, the baby shark himself? Isn't he daddy shark? Well... The song starts out as Baby Shark, and right. usually everybody says, looks like Baby Shark has turned into Jaws. I've heard uh, that line about 10 million times now. Uh, that's my reaction. <laughs> well, and he um, turned out to be a, a he, fantastically bad pitcher. 
Well, as you would expect, but they uh, he had to be taken out. They replaced After him giving with up four home runs. He gave up four home runs, but the whole the point wasn't to to not get runs. We were already back by seven. Right. It was a four eleven. Right. Well, and it, it, it was just so curious. Yeah. So they they clearly they had thrown in the towel. I've they just had never thrown in seen, the towel. I don't yeah. have any problem with him giving up four runs. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. I I as so did we the bullpen. as we wa- yeah everybody was out um watching it. You could tell that Max, it gave Max, you know, one last sense of enjoyment before he keels over and dies, apparently, because he's on the verge of death. Um, (laughs) I I really liked it. Or at least wearing those Forrest Gump sort of And they were laughing. It's the first time that they've, like, enjoyed themselves. They were laughing and dancing and having a good old time, so... um... I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. And then and then Dozier went out there. Yeah. And he's the one that actually got the outs. And they only needed three outs because the game was already lost. They pitched at the top of right. the ninth. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't make anything happen there. Well, and but they didn't stop trying. I mean, they got the score up to seven. Rendon hit in three runs. So, uh, but, you know, they just couldn't keep it going. Sure. I yeah, well, but why? Maybe Rendon was kind of like, yeah, hey, yeah, everyone's having a good time, and he and he did better than he would have if he had, if they hadn't have had some lighthearted fun, mm-hmm. um, embarrassing themselves in the major leagues. Yeah, yeah. But they got the outs. They did it. Like I said, Dozier got those last two outs. Like he did in a pretty snappy fashion. And I was like, I wish Strasburg could pitch that well. <laughs> At least on that particular day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. So we were earlier talking about um, the fight between Bryce and Hunter Strickland. It's it's kind of a strange synchronicity. So it's the very same day that we hire Hunter Strickland, if we flash to, um, I'm not sure what park they were in, but it was a game between the Reds and the Pirates. And uh, well, let's just listen to the clip. And now there's some serious chirping coming from the Pirates dugout. And now Garrett's on his way to the dugout, and here we go. Oh! Garrett goes in there punching. This is not a good scene at all. Okay, so you can see the relief pitcher. He hears something from that bullpen, and he goes out there, and he takes on, he's a really tall guy, he's like seven feet, but he takes on everybody in the bullpen all by himself, just starts throwing punches. And then, of course, everybody comes out and tries to stop him, but it Mm -hmm. just, him running in there, that looked like the, an act of suicide. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's so tall that like it was. It would have seemed scary if I was in the dugout. Yeah, and he was running at me. Yeah, yeah. he was huge. He looked like he probably could take that whole team. <laughs> well, he almost did. He's Eight huge. guys and also were suspended. We Eight were... guys. There's only 25 people on a single game roster. Eight guys were suspended. There... How many on each team? I don't know if it was four and four. I didn't. And I also want to know, like, whose job is like who? What are they doing when they're like looking at the footage to be like, okay, which ones are we going to suspend? <laughs> Rewind the tape. Like which because they all run out. That's just a thing they do. Whenever it gets into fighting, each team runs out. But most of them just kind of stand around. It's just sort of for show. They're not really all the other guys that are running to the fight. 
they kind of just dogpile. They just sort of stand around and shake their arms and jump up and down, but no one's really hurting each other. It's just kind of a facade of a fight. It's not legit. Certainly the people on the perimeter, because usually the idea is to separate the, the main combatants. You know, it was, it was very easy to identify. No, not with, always. Sometimes it's to throw more punches. Well, in this case, where it's one guy against a whole team, that was sort well, of a gesture of suicide. I don't suicide, know if it so. was against the whole team. He well, ran everybody towards in the, the dugout. dugout. Yeah. He ran towards the dugout, but he clearly was going for someone specific. Also, I've never seen a fight like that, like in a timeout or what? It, it was a consult. A mound visit right right it was them a guy just like turning around in a, in like that like static moment running towards a dugout because he heard something it was just a weird image of a fight usually they're there somebody's batting and somebody gets hit and they start fighting or somebody's True. on base. that's the main reason somebody gets hit the pitcher hits the hitter and it appears to be deliberate, whether it is or not. You never know for sure. Like the thing with Hunter Strickland and Bryce, he gets hit, and that's. Um, but that one looked to be just totally deliberate. Well, yeah, it's yeah. but it's not a national thing, anyways. So no, no, it's but but you know because you know just because all these things are happening and there's been just a we're recording this on a terrible weekend where there were back to back serial shootings. You know, it just seemed like violence is exploding. <laughs> Violence is exploding, sorry for the pun, uh, everywhere. And, you know, officials, public officials are, seem to be fomenting, um, you know, conflict. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know this is supposed to be a comedy broadcast. But <laughs> do you have any idea whether uh, whether some of this stuff is seeping into baseball? What? No, that's crazy. Okay. Um, I mean, as everyone has pointed out, crime has decreased radically since like the 80s. Crime has gone down. There has been an Well, increase. since the 90s, actually. The, Whatever the three, it three is. Three it's it's, bills, it's yeah. totally down. Like yeah. what was happening when you were a kid was way more violent than now. Yeah. When I was growing it's up. It's just that there's more murders. Yeah. Um. So the, the gun violence is a different category of violence than right. a baseball player. <laughs> Like, then, yeah, whatever. Then freaking Hunter Strickland. I don't think Bryce Harper is going to shoot up a Walmart. Thank God. No. I can't say many nice things about Bryce Harper, but I will say that he will never shoot up a Walmart with 100% certainty. I'm just saying there's a now, you know, what things that were unimaginable before. There's a permissiveness that even a normal person, like, like I imagine this picture from the Reds to be, Ari Gara, or... You know, Bryce Harper has always been of a bit of a hothead, but he doesn't, like, beat up every single guy, umpire he disagrees with. He yells at him, and then, you know, he gets thrown out of the game, and, you know, he's done. He's never, you know, since he joined the Phillies, he hasn't gotten a fight with anybody. But, um, I mean, even, even when the fans are booing him. So, I don't know. It was just the thought I would pass by you since you've got uh, such a, a deep academic background and... Uh, <laughs> In these sorts of things. Are you joking? No. Oh. I, I don't. I mean, violence is... Uh, uh, it's the most complicated thing. But the gun violence question and what's happening in America with gun violence is not connected to professional sports. Okay. Because so, we've had baseball and violence in baseball way, way longer than we've had mass shootings. Great segue to the new protective nets which are supposed to prevent protective nets accidental violence against spectators <laughs> violence well 
injury. I injury. don't know what the what, what you want to call it. Anyways, we, we you know several uh, episodes ago we we talked about this when it was first announced that they were going to do it, and it was uh, uh, in part prompted by the injury of a two year old girl, which was very 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 tragic. So uh, they said after the All Star game. They were going to put up nets in uh, Nance Park, and they were going to go all the way to the foul poles on mm-hmm. either side of the park. So we were there one of the first times uh, after the All Star Game um, ourselves. It I was sat so down. exciting! One of the first times the nets were up. That's right, and I had completely forgotten about the issue. Sat down, started watching the game. Didn't even notice the nets. I don't feel like you had completely forgotten. I feel like you were like the nets, the nets. I, you mentioned them to me, and then that made really? me notice them. Yeah. You said, oh, these nets aren't that bad. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice there were any nets. No, I mean, you just sort of adapt to it. Right, you right. You just look down and you accept what you're seeing. You're, they're, not, they don't, they're not in your face at all. They don't interfere with the spectator experience unless you think that an essential part of the spectator experience is being able to catch a baseball or whatever. Right, right, right. Well, and the other part of it, uh, whether or not they do interfere with your sight line, is they seem to be about 98% ineffective. So I stopped losing <laughs> count at, I think, 15 no, no, balls no, that went over. 98% ineffective would be if a baseball went into the net and the net broke and still went through and hit someone in the face. They're not ineffective. It's just most balls that are fouled don't hit the net. No, they don't go that they, direction. They're so high <laughs> the in the air. The nets aren't ineffective. The nets are fine. Well, no, it did. One ball did hit the net and it did its job in that one case. The other ones, though, they would just go. I mean, you and yeah, I most balls don't. Ball. Most balls don't go towards the nets. But we, you're not going to throw well, a net up people hit more fouls sinker. than they do home runs. So Sure. Sure. So most of the the but the home runs are going the other direction. <laughs> right. Right. Usually, well, ideally, yeah. So, um, but I mean, most of the hits or the you know they're not they're not fair hits, but most of the contact with the baseball that that I know, but launches when, into the air are fouls. Probably what sixty seven percent of those balls. Most fouled balls don't go where the nets are located. Right. Exactly. Right. And and when they do, they're not but high enough the to stop them. But the intensity of the balls that go to where the nets are located is much higher and okay. much more likely to cause serious injury and will happen much faster. Like those pop, those ones that go woo up in the air and then they come down. There's eight, 18 guys that are going to jump in and get in front of you if you're two years old and they're going to take the ball away. If you're in the near the front, you're near the dugout and a ball flies up, there's no chance of of moving or protecting yourself. That's why the nets are there. I have well, no problem with the Well, I can see you've got a point there. I can see like a line drive that, that is uh, foul, that's, like, that's burning boom. out at 110 miles an hour. There. There's no time for anybody to jump up and grab it. Like you say, the pops are very those, slow. Th- those are the ones that are going, those are what most of them are, and those are not that dangerous because you have plenty of time to see them coming. You do have plenty of time. If you're a parent and you have a two-year-old kid, then you can deal with the situation or do what I do, which is just freaking go into the fetal position on the ground. <laughs> well, you, uh, you know, even though it's like, if you're next to me, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to catch it. I don't, f- I don't trust you. You don't trust to me. Catch the ball. To no, ca- sorry. To, 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 uh, take a bare hand catch into my own hands. Yeah, I guess so. Well, thank you very much, folks, for joining us for another episode of From the Cheap Seats, and we'll see you soon. Take me.